Hey guys, welcome back. It's Parenting Today. Hey John, how are you? I'm doing well, Kurt. How are you? I'm good. Uh, John, we were laughing on air, but I have a serious converse, a serious question for you, which is this. What is the sickest that you've ever felt in your life? Hmm. It's Thursday. While John's thinking, I'll let y'all know, it's Thursday's thought. So obviously we start with the question that we don't prepare each other for. And my question for John is really simple. When is the time when you felt we're talking about the coronavirus, a very serious illness and, um, you know, in a pandemic that's sweeping across the globe. But just when is the sickest? What's the sickest that you've ever been? Um, do you remember? Yeah. Um, OK, let me ask this. <laughs> this is probably a dumb question. Does surgery count? Mm. Like having pain? And, and oh, oh, no. And. I'm just thinking about illnesses at this okay. point, not an injury. So okay. let's separate from injury. I'm not talking about the worst pain you've ever felt. Like maybe you've broken your femur. Allegedly, that's really bad. That's why I try not to go outside is because I'm just trying to protect my femurs. <laughs> but uh, less, not an injury, but an illness, yeah. the sickest you've ever felt. So when you asked that question, what came to mind was in eighth grade, I got the flu. Mm. And I just remember being wiped out. And I think... Seemed like I missed, I don't know, a week to a week and a half. I mean, just solid of school and just feeling absolutely miserable. Like mm. so much discomfort and just fever, misery, all of it to where you couldn't even sleep. It's like all you wanted to do was sleep, but you couldn't even mm. fall asleep. And so I just remember that. I can remember coming back to school and people just being like, they hadn't seen me in forever, um, that I'd been, you know, gone for so long. So I think those are the, I mean, that's the, the one that comes to the top. What about mm. you? I've had the flu several times and I remember being very feverish and weak, but, uh, and I, the most school I ever missed was, uh, I had mono, mm. um, and I missed almost two weeks of school. Wow. Uh, that was, but the sickest I've ever been, uh, the, is I had food poisoning, Oh, one time wow. when I was in college and I had to drive about, uh, three hours by myself with food poisoning. And the night before that and that drive were absolutely miserable. I was, I've never been sicker. I've never, um, I, why, I've never, why did you have to drive? Well, it's a long, I don't know how long of a story. Okay. I was working at a camp. Alpine Camp for Boys. Shout out to Alpine. Great yeah. place. That's where we met, by the yeah, way. That's right. In case you forgot. <laughs> and <laughs> uh and I had we were only supposed to we had a 24-hour break and we were only supposed to drive like an hour away or an hour and a half away. I think that's the first we could go. But myself and another a guy who ended up being a minister broke the rules. Mm. Um and we went further because we were trying to see girls. Uh -huh. And yeah. And uh what a mistake, too, because didn't end up marrying this girl, and I got food poisoning over it. See? So the Man. Lord punished you for your... Did you pick up the tab, too? What? Did you pick up the tab, too? Well, of course. I'm a gentleman, John. Uh. Um, so, <laughs> but got food poisoning, had to spend the night uh, at an apartment by myself, just sick as a dog, and then had to drive back the next day just with... Sprite in one uh, cup holder and a Pepto-Bismol in the other cup holder uh, uh, and just trying to make it there. And I did have to pull over a couple times and be sick. So that uh, was, that was really, really bad. So that, that was the, that's the worst I've ever felt. And not only that, but you're driving back to go to camp to work mm -hmm. with a bunch of 
kids where you're not going to get rest. So you're going into another. Well, the, the good news is, is that the camp doctor took one look at me and gave me something. I don't remember what it was, but it knocked me out and they put me by myself and it knocked me out. And then the next day I woke up after sleeping like 16 hours and I was like, let's go. I'm ready to go. And I was fine. So hmm. I don't know what the miracle drug was, uh, but wow. Yeah. And yeah. that's the thing about food poisoning versus a virus or another illness is that you know that it's going to go away as soon as that hmm. bad food gets out of your system. But well, I've heard somebody know. say food poisoning, at first you're praying that you won't die because it's so bad. And mm -hmm. then you're praying that you would die because you just want to end it all. Well, I mean, I, I've never really wanted to die, but I have the, the closest probably I've ever been is when I had food poisoning. Hmm. It was really bad. Um, and I'm very, I'm very suspicious around uh, pork because of that, because I had pork. And so whenever someone is having pork chops or something, I'm, you know, I'm examining it very closely. I don't want to, I don't want round two is what I'm trying to say. <laughs> All right. Well, look, let's go ahead and break and uh, we'll get started with our conversation or continue our conversation from Tuesday. Okay, Kurt. Um, so look, we were discussing conversations that we can have in the home uh, with our children uh, just during this you know, unique uh, time dealing with the coronavirus. Uh, and then we'll, we'll get into okay, maybe some ideas on how the church can come alongside families and, and help them as they seek to disciple their children. Um, so Kurt, uh, one thing I wanted to share, I was actually listening to Brian Habig's sermon uh, from yesterday, the sermon that he, you know, preached to basically an empty sanctuary, like many of the congregations, like we, we referenced on, on Tuesday. Um, but, but he was talking about how, uh, he, he was talking about the theme of meditating and that oftentimes we, we have this kind of idea of, okay, uh, you, you know, um, sitting on the floor, meditating, humming, something like that. that. That's oftentimes what we think of when we think of meditating, but he just says, you know, meditating is just thinking about something intently. Um, and he says, you know, we're going to be doing a lot of meditating during this, this season of the coronavirus. And he just kind of said, you know, some of the meditating could be refreshing your feed and refreshing your feed and refreshing your feed, just kind of constantly going back to, to social media and kind of thinking through just what all is going on and kind of, you know, bowing down to this and such in a, in a sense. And it kind of went back to what we were saying the other day of it's important to kind of know what's going on and be aware of how it's impacting, uh, how this virus is impacting others. But, but kind of, I just thought that theme of kind of meditating, that meditating can be this kind of everyday thing, something that we're fixated on and we're just thinking a lot about. And so I think just that alone, kind of we as adults thinking about how much time we're meditating on this um, mm -hmm. coronavirus uh, is something we, we need to be cautious of and contrasting that with how much, you know, we're meditating on God's word. Yeah. And not only that, but, you know, scripture calls us to redeem the time, right? Mm -hmm. So, and, and there's only so much help that you're going to do yourself or anyone else by meditating on what's happening in the world. Once you have prepared, you know, once you've stocked up on some groceries and, uh, you know, once you've done that, then just constantly refreshing your feed is just feeding into some really terrible habits. And it's not really pointing you toward God or your dependence on him. It's just uh, it's kind of indulging in, uh, you know, fear uh, it's indulging in fear, kind of like watching a horror movie, uh, 
but uh, how how might we redeem the time when our uh, when we are uh, isolated or quarantined? Uh, I got an email. Actually, one of our another one of our ministers got an email from the Westminster Bookstore called an encouragement to read books in a day of anxious headlines, uh, and uh, and he he says this is really well written, but he says, you know, I work at a bookstore and I'm prescribing reading. That's like someone who sells soap telling you to wash your hands. <laughs> but he said, uh, book reading can slow you down and pull you away from your own racing thoughts. And it's not just escapism because what you read matters. Um, mm-hmm. because he says escapism ignores meditation and contrast orients. Indeed, meditation is more than a helpful suggestion. It's a command for God's people. And there are lots of books that expound on the wonderful works of God. And perhaps these are the books that we could use to orient ourselves toward him during this time. And then he lists 15 books that someone might read during this time. So, uh, do you, do you want to tell us just a few of those? No, you don't yeah, have to read all 15. Sure. All right. So, Oh, death, where's thy sting by John Murray. Um, there's a chapter 13 in that book called, uh, I, this I call to mind from lamentations three, uh, there's uh, God's Grace in Your Suffering by David Pallison. Uh, there is uh, The Promises of God by Charles Spurgeon. That's a devotional reading. Uh, there's, um, let's see, uh, Walking with God Through Pain and Suffering by Tim Keller. Uh, there's Untangling Emotions by Alistair and Winston Smith. Alice, sorry, Alistair Grove and, and Winston Smith. Uh and uh, suffering by Paul David Tripp, uh, the comfort of God's sovereignty, chapter eleven. So he's got even got individual chapters here hmm. um, from books that uh, you know. There's a book called "Created to Care: God's Truth for Anxious Moms" by Sarah Wallace, and uh, there's uh, so that's about praying for the peace of our children. Um, so he's this is a great uh, this is a great little list uh, that Westminster Bookstore sent out, and I don't know if there's a link to this that I can wait. Okay, hold on. Let me see if I can click this, if it will open, and I can tell you, uh, give you a website to go to. But and that's just one way in which you might redeem the time mm-hmm. is by uh, not, you know, not reading, uh, not reading the news or reading your feed, but reading things that orient you toward God. So. Mm-hmm. And as you're looking for that, I, I like how he says, you know, reading is not just an escape. Of course, it can be at, at times, but but oftentimes, I mean, it's more of a discipline. It's something you're you're having to engage with, you know, more than just, you know, streaming something online. And that's not all bad. And that can be something that can uh, can be done for sure. Um, but yeah, I, I like how he's encouraging to read. And, and I'd say maybe as we're kind of segueing into that a little bit of um, you know, ways in which maybe we could pass along some practical tools to families of, of taking advantage of some of this time, uh, because, you know, don't want to be insensitive to the severity of this virus. I mean, this is a mm-hmm. serious, um, you know, season uh, for sure. But um, th- th- this is also an opportunity for families because so much has been canceled. So much is off of our calendars. We now have all of this time that we can be using to be intentional in the home. And I mean, something I think it's helpful. And this is something that, that we're doing as a family is, you know, reading through a classic Christian book. You know, as I think about reading with my children, we're reading through the Dawn Treader right now in the Chronicles of Narnia. And, you know, you think of a book like that, especially, uh, you know, Chronicles of Narnia series, one of those volumes is not very long. You know, it's 
short of, you know, 200 pages, fairly thin, fairly easy to read. Um, and so just as a family, maybe saying, okay, look, let's pick this up as a family, read a couple chapters a night and you can finish the whole book, you know, in, in a week's time. And so that, that could be something, just an idea for families, families to, to employ in the home. And I would say to parents, your children are going to remember this. Hmm. Okay. They're going to remember being at home for this long period of time. This is one of these watershed moments where people will remember it. If, as long as they're old enough to remember your two, our two year old might not remember, but, uh, you know, uh, but they might, they might, he might too. But, uh, and so, and you're never going to get this time again, like this, you're not going to get, that's true of every week, every month, right? You're never getting it back. But, uh, so instead of just thinking about how we're going to survive this, maybe when you start asking the question is how we can make this a positive memory, uh, and, a, a, an important time for spiritual growth for our, for our kids. And just, and also, you know, not only, not only that they could grow spiritually, but also that you guys could grow closer together as a family as well. Hmm. So, uh, that's, that's a good point, Curtin, to your point. Um, I've got to reference Brian Habig one more time, uh, in that sermon, um, he says, we have a biblical obligation to remember what happens during this time and to pass it on to the future mm. generations. And I mean, cites so several scripture passages where it's the responsibility of older generations to reflect on God's goodness in the midst of, you know, situations like this and to, to say, you know, as of now at this moment, we have no idea what's going to happen next week, the weeks to come, but then reflecting back on it, you know, a year from now, five years from now, we can say, this is what the Lord did in the midst of this coronavirus. And so he says, you know, recording what, what happens is, is kind of our responsibility. So journaling it, sharing it in a text and email, something like that. So kind of that for the older Christians to be, making record of that and then passing it on to our, our children. And this is how much, the, I mean, I was just, what I was thinking about while you were saying that, John, is just how much like oral history is powerful and how when you hear someone tell you something, it does stick in a way uh, that even reading something doesn't stick uh, mm-hmm. in your mind. You know, I'm reading, my, my son is trying to start reading Harry Potter right now and I'm, I'm helping him, you know, I'm reading through these, uh, my older son, and uh, we watched the first movie and I was thoroughly astounded at how many details that he was pointing out were wrong in the movie. <laughs> he would say, this is no, no, that didn't happen like this. Or no, no, there were two of them, not three or, you know, and he had never read the book. He had just heard me read it. Right. Hmm. And just how, how, how powerful memory is. I had to explain to him, you know, well, they have to make budget decisions and maybe, you know, like <laughs> they don't. Um, he was, you know, he, he didn't understand, um, he didn't understand why they would, why they would change, uh, the, the book at all. But, um, you know, what happens now, uh, your children are going to relay to other people and how you react and how you behave and how they behave, like they're going to remember it. And that's not to put pressure on anyone, but it is, uh, to, uh, it, it's an opportunity just as much as it's a challenge, I guess mm-hmm. is what I'm saying. Yeah. Yeah, and Kurt, um, you know, some of this thought as we're, we're sharing some ideas of how churches can, can uh, of not only how parents can can utilize this time, but then maybe even churches encouraging parents and churches also providing resources and tools uh, to parents to utilize in the home. Um, I'm in this text group with uh, a lot of guys who've been to RYM's youth theater training, and, and some of them were kind of sharing some ideas and also just kind of asking the question, like, how can we you know, love and, and incarnate Christ to those when we, we cannot physically be present. And so what, you know, what are, 
they're asking the question, what are we going to do like on Wednesday nights if the church's doors are closed and, and things like that? And so just some ideas from some, some of these guys that can be helpful. Um, I mean, there's YouTube videos out there that have uh, Christian songs or hymns that have the lyrics, and you can actually you know play those in the, in the home if you want. I think we shared this maybe on the family uh, devotion or family worship episode. And so, you know, if someone's out there and they're thinking, okay, I don't know how to play the guitar or something. Okay. You can sing some songs in the house. If that's something you, you want to do. Um, there's those Bible project videos that are out there. You know, I'm sure it's bibleproject.com and there's a lot of, um, I mean, there's, I think every book of the Bible outlined and, you know, there are, um, uh, visuals that are, are extremely impressive, uh, that you could use. Um, also, there's free Bible studies at ROYM.org. If you go there, uh, you can download those for free. Parents can use those in the home. I know parents that have used those, and so people can can check those out. Um, I've heard some people, Kurt, uh, one youth worker said uh, he was going to record something on uh, or have a, a live video chat on Instagram, basically question and answer. Um, Kurt, you also talked about doing something with Instagram, if you want to talk about that. Yeah, well, I mean, we're I'm experimenting with what we might do, but I recorded a lesson today where I just talked to the camera and I, like I would Sunday school and I'm holding it, hoping, uh, you know, that if we have more Sundays uh, that are uh, that are taken away, uh, worship services that are taken away, that we can publish those uh, and uh, on Sunday morning, maybe uh, and uh, or even I, I don't totally know how um, how the rules go with Instagram, but and Facebook, but, uh, that we could even have Sunday school classes, uh, online. I don't know about questions and answers, but that'd be great if we could figure it out. I'm not the best about that, but I'm sure my students can help me out. Our students are on spring break right now. So we were That's supposed right. to be away. This is supposed to be a downtime for us. I know that the people in your state are coming out of spring break. They've mm -hmm. already, they've already done it, but, um, so in some ways, you know, this hasn't really affected us in the same way as it's affected, uh, people in neighboring states who maybe took their spring break earlier or will take it later. Um, anyway, uh, I, I think it's really cool. I, I've been paying attention um, to uh, some of my friends who are youth ministers and what they post. And uh, I've even pay, been paying attention to your church. And I think Wilson and them have done a good job uh, posting things online, just like a daily devotion or a five second thing on Instagram, not a five second, but maybe like a minute on Instagram, it's like, here's a passage of scripture. Here's like three things to look for when you read it um, and to pray about. And uh, there's some ways in which we can, that's not the same as one-to-one -one ministry and meeting with people and getting to share life on life, uh, but it's something. Um, Absolutely. And something is, something's better than nothing. Because so. I mean, even this podcast right now, you know, you're in Alabama, I'm here, but I'm still seeing your face. We're talking to each other. We're not Sorry. in, <laughs> no. we're not in the same you know, building physical space, but there is something about just seeing each other and being able to, to interact. And yeah, it's a substitute mm -hmm. for it. It's not the the same, but it can be, be helpful. Um, I, I know another youth worker, just kind of table to topic ideas. Okay. Coming up with just some conversation starters in your home. That could be something else parents can do. That could be, you know, discussing this entire issue and fears that maybe children have, uh, but then also just getting on different, uh, topics because I mean, let's be honest. I mean, just life is so exhausting with children and conversation takes time. And so often conversations aren't happening because we're so busy. Well, now we've got the time to just kind of sit down and maybe have some lengthier discussions with our, our families about a variety of issues. That could be a helpful thing. And, and 
What about this too, John? What about just, you know, if you have Disney plus or if you have Netflix or whatever, what about watching a movie with your children? Um, you know, depending on what age they are, that's going to depend on what kind of movie you want to watch. But what about doing what we would do with the youth group, which is watch the movie and then just ask some questions. You don't mm-hmm. have to be a movie expert or a film critic to, uh, you know, to ask questions like, you know, what, what's some truth in this movie? What are some things that people believe that were true that helped them get through whatever they were facing? And then also what are some lies? What are some lies that people believe? I and mean, that's a simple question. Mm-hmm. Um, and almost any movie from finding Dory to, uh, you know, Goodfellas, you know, the, everything in between. Uh, Family night. You can, ask, you can ask those questions. Those movies are basically the same movie. But, absolutely. Uh, <laughs> yeah. No, I, I think that's a good point. Um, absolutely using this time to, to watch those, you know, together to obviously, you know, play a board game, do some kind of experience. Mm. But, you know, last but not least, we've got to mention, I mean, reading the Bible with your, your yeah. family. <laughs> Devotion. I mean, and again, sometimes I can be you know, intimidating for, for families, but I mean, just picking a passage and, you know, allowing the children to ask questions, just making comments as you go along. It could be nothing prepared at all. Just picking up the word, praying before you read it and and actually reading it. Um, I mean, that's something that, you know, not to uh, guilt or shame, but I mean, parents are to be the primary disciples of their children. And so using this time to be able to do that. Well, John, I have a question for you then, and maybe this might, Uh, I don't know how much time we have, but okay. uh, We've got, Five, 10 minutes. Okay. Well, here's my, here's a thought. Okay. I think a lot of parents are, uh, I won't say freaking out, but, uh, are concerned, um, and wary of the fact that they might have to take charge of their children's, uh, scholastic education over the next several weeks. A lot of schools are going to e-learning, right? And that's going to involve a lot more hands-on from parents. Now, some parents are going to roll their eyes at that or scoff at that, especially ones who school their their children in the home, right? Because they're going to be like, and I don't want to get into all that, okay? Um, because people make different educational choices. And I'm Too not late, here. Kurt. You're already there. Go ahead. Okay, well, fine. <laughs> Whatever. This is the group that's all the way right, and everyone else is wrong. No, just kidding. <laughs> and, uh, but there are some parents who are not used to that. Maybe their gifts are not as a teacher. Maybe they've got a kid that's um, sure. in seventh or eighth grade, and they don't remember trigonometry. They don't remember. Um, now, you have done homeschooling. You've done a little bit of everything, right? And you have several children from I'm, varying ages. I'm really scared where this question is going to go. <laughs> my, my question is this, is do you have any encouragement for parents who are basically, you know, maybe not the full boat homeschooling, but are going to be, you know, engaged in some version of homeschooling for the next couple of weeks. Do you have some encouragement? And they've never done it before. Right. And do you have some encouragement for them or some thoughts about, uh, just any tips? No, Uh, no, I I don't. Okay, good. All right. (laughs) No, No, I mean, honestly, it's kind of a, unfair question that's not the right way to put it but i mean my wife is the one who's, who's your question it. is unfair <laughs> yeah, she's she's the one who's doing it you know all for the most part and mm-hmm. you know our older two they're going to have to do some some online uh education now with their their teachers but i mean something i guess one thought that i that i have is that there have been times where if i've been traveling and i take some time off and i'm i'm helping with homeschool um, I'm thinking of, you know, reading with my five-year-old and he's learning to read. Mm-hmm. And I can remember, you know, when I was working at the church and I'd take Fridays off, I would often assist with homeschool and how how impatient I got when mm. my oldest was learning to read and just thinking, 
you know, kind of the scene from Billy Madison, you know, to today, Junior, um, <laughs> if I can reference that. <laughs> um, and and thinking now of <laughs> Kurt's making a face. Um, go ahead, Kurt. You were going to say something. No, I just, I love my children. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> but, but getting no. frustrated at uh, that. It is. Look, we're, we're <laughs> look, to defend John, we're right there, right? So sure. I have a son. Yeah you know, who's learning to read and it can be frustrating. Uh, Math to me is even more frustrating um, because I've forgotten, I've just forgotten what it's like to not just Mm -hmm. know it. Right. Yeah. And, um, and it's very difficult. You just want to say like, well, 17 minus nine is eight. You're just supposed to know that. Right. But Um, the surprising thing is I'm a poor reader. So you would think I'd I'd have more grace, but I say that long story to say I've, you know, the Lord's given me perspective of watching my five-year-old learn to read and watch him struggle to say a word and just seeing that as precious and seeing mm-hmm. it as, wow, I'm, I'm getting to witness this moment of my child growing up. And so maybe that's the perspective of, okay, this has put us in a unique situation right now to where, okay, we're assisting with our children's education and I'm missing these moments, you know, Monday through Friday, most of the time if they're, you know, in this mm-hmm. um kind of education and now I'm getting to witness it. And so just kind of maybe that is an encouragement of perspective. I'm not saying again, one way is the right way or not. Okay. Well, that's good. I mean, I know I'm staring that down. A lot of people are staring that down and it's not like we don't help. Um, like I, I help Campbell. I'm the, I'm the parent who is assigned to help Campbell with all of his homework. So, um, Marty does a lot, but, uh, if we have a preference, she prefers that I do it. Um, she prefers that I am the one who, um, helps him, you know, sort through whatever. And, you know, I'm used to teaching, you know, not, you know, first graders and second graders, but, uh, but so that kind of makes sense or whatever, but it's, it is a little bit different. Um, there's just a little bit of intimidation with, uh, it's one thing to reinforce what's being taught by someone else is another thing to be in charge of teaching it. Yeah. Um, and so, uh, there's, you know, give yourself some grace and trying to figure out how to do that. Mm -hmm. Uh, and if you haven't looked at math in a while, just get ready. They changed it. So uh, just just be ready for that. (laughs) No, I think that's, that's good to bring up and it's, yeah, again, helpful to have some of that perspective because it is, it's, it's a very unique time. Um, I think just this, can go without saying, but it needs to be said, we need to be praying for wisdom of, okay, Mm. this is, we have no idea what, you know, tomorrow is going to hold, what next week is going to hold. Um, And so we need to be praying to God to give us wisdom to to not waste these times. Like you said, our children are going to remember this. We're going to remember this. It's going to be kind of, like I said, the the whole 9-11, kind of like, okay, we're going to remember where we were when we heard certain aspects of this Mm -hmm. whole story of, okay, schools are shutting down and and all this kind of extreme stuff. And so, you know, we as Christians can set an example to the world of how we use this time and how we, um, you know, are forced in this, uh, you know, isolation and, and how we use that in the home. So, Anyway, it's good to have these discussions. Hopefully some of this has been helpful. Kurt, anything you want to add as we close this out? No, I don't think so. I wouldn't. Um, there are a couple of things I'd stay away from. Uh, I wouldn't watch any like movies like Contagion or Pandemic or uh, like zom- zombie movies, Outbreak. Uh, I would try to stay away from those. That's a little cutting a little too close to home. Um, so I might uh, want to focus on some some good things. And, uh, Oh man. Uh, I just hope that everybody stays safe. 
yeah. stay safe and uh, quarantine yourself. Listen to what they're saying. It's not just for you. We're all living together. I saw a video of a police car going through Bourbon Street yesterday, and uh, a megaphone was out that was says, "You are you are endangering public health. Please leave." And someone wrote, "Just being on Bourbon Street at any time is endangering public health," which I thought was funny. But <laughs> that's pretty uh, good. Yeah, but. But yeah, we're all in this together, so yeah. let's uh, let's all try to just do our best. Well, and as you say, you know, stay safe. Um, the you know, do the five. Have you heard of that? Do the five to stop the coronavirus. Um, if you go to Google.com, uh, underneath the search, it's got do the five, and you can click on it, and it's got five things. One, you know, hands, wash them often. Two, elbow, cough into it. Three, face, don't touch it. Four, feet stay more than three feet apart and then five if you feel sick stay at home so those are the do the five um again you can take that to the extreme but those can be some helpful things uh, to you know guard your, yourself your family and love your neighbor as we talked about mm. so kurt um enjoyed getting to talk about this uh with you and uh again we'll have something else next week uh, for our listeners so thanks for tuning in everybody 